It's such an important concept for people to understand that, yes, there's nature and there's nurture. The environment really does play a, a role. And what we eat, how much exercise we're getting, how much air pollution, believe it or not, particulate matters in the air is actually associated with cardiovascular disease. There's so many factors that you actually can control. Well, now, there really are people with mutations of genes that make it very difficult for them to get around developing heart disease. But even in those circumstances, you can delay it, you can treat it, you can recognize how important it is to make sure that this is not overwhelming and causing sudden cardiac death at a young age, and, which is really what we'd like to avoid. Like to avoid. That's cardiologist Dr. Kim Williams. And this, and this is episode 152 of The Proof Podcast. Beautiful friends, welcome back to another episode. I hope you've been keeping well. It's a real pleasure to be here with you again. For those who are joining us for the first time, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. I'm Simon Hill, host of this show, nutritionist, physiotherapist, and author. Today's guest is Dr. Kim Williams, an American cardiologist and previous president of the American College of Cardiology from 2015 to 2016. Well known for famously saying, there are two kinds of cardiologists, vegans and those who haven't read the data. I would perhaps change vegans in that sentence to plant-based because I think this is more about food than ethics. And when it comes to the cardiovascular system, plant-based diets, be it plant-predominant or plant-exclusive, can both deliver good health outcomes. But that's me being a bit nitpicky. I love this guy, I love his message, and I hope you do too. Please sit back, relax, and soak up this week's Wednesday Wisdoms, courteous of Dr. Kim Williams. And I'll catch you on the other side. If you're a long-time listener of this show, you'll be well aware of the scientific evidence that supports a high-fiber, plant-rich diet for good long-term health. And while I certainly believe in a food-first approach, there is a role for supplements to help optimize the intake of specific nutrients and address any nutritional gaps. Enter Emil. Emil is a plant-based wellness company with a series of products to help you optimize your plant-based diet. Two of my favorite products being the Essential 8 multivitamin and the Optimal Omega Plus. The Essential 8 contains 8 key nutrients that plant-based eaters often fall short in. And the Optimal Omega Plus contains a direct source of DHA and EPA omega-3s, same as in fish, but from algae. In fact, taking Optimal Omega Plus daily, which contains 750 milligrams of EPA and DHA, is equivalent to eating 2 to 3 pieces of fatty fish per week in line with the nutrition recommendations globally. To get your Essential 8 and Optimal Omega Plus, head to theproof.com forward slash friends and follow the link which will get you an extra 10% off your first order. That's theproof.com forward slash friends.
Hey friends, the scientific evidence on lifestyle habits that lead to longevity is clear. Now it's time to put this knowledge into action. I'm excited to announce the Living Proof Longevity Challenge, a 12-week program to build evidence-based lifestyle habits to optimize longevity. My team and I have transformed over hundreds of hours of conversations with experts on aging, nutrition, and exercise into a life-changing 12-week program that will challenge you to develop habits that lead to a longer, better life. This is a unique opportunity to gather health data about yourself that has the potential to change your life for the better. You'll start by testing 10 longevity biomarkers that tell the truth about where your longevity stands right now, today. Following that, you'll get a personalized longevity score to guide your 12 weeks of habit building that will boost your score and improve your biomarkers for the better. After the challenge, you'll retest your 10 biomarkers and see the proof of how powerful these science-backed habits really are. Head over to theproof.com forward slash living proof to download your zero cost copy of the Living Proof Longevity Challenge today. That's theproof.com forward slash living proof. Look forward to joining you on this journey. Low and middle income countries, the leading cause of death is now heart disease. Fortunately, most of the high income countries, heart disease has fallen to number two. United States of America, it's not the case. Cancer deaths are actually falling while heart disease rates are actually rising. And that has a lot to do with our lifestyle. And that's uh, why we work so hard to try to get people to change what they do. I've had the unfortunate experience of having multiple friends my age and younger who are cardiologists, not recognizing that the leading cause of death of cardiologists is still heart disease, not understanding that they can take control of it and that when they fix it for themselves and their families, they're also going to fix their patients. And so getting a cardiology in general to understand the principles of nutrition, because we're not taught about nutrition in school. And there are very few research projects that have captured the imagination of the guideline committees. I've been really in the middle of the guidelines. And part of the problem there is that we have some very large studies that are observational, meaning we're going to sign you up 30 years ago and we're going to follow you. And you tell us the food frequency questionnaires, or you tell us how much you exercise and whether or not you smoke. You tell us all of the things that happen in your family, and then we'll analyze all the data and say what's good and what's bad. And that has a lot of merit, but it also doesn't hold sway with the guideline committees because it's not randomized. Now, I could say that, for example, if you look at plant-based nutrition in the Mediterranean diet, so-called pro-vegetarian Mediterranean diet, if you look at eating more plants than animal protein in the nurses' health study and health professional follow-up, the Harvard group. If you look at the standard American versus semi-vegetarian versus PESCO, meaning fish vegetarian, versus ovo-lacto, meaning eggs and milk vegetarian versus completely vegan, those five different diets in the Adventist health studies. In every one of those large observational series, the vegans do better. Okay, and some of times it's mortality, sometimes it's cholesterol, but they do better every time. Well, the problem with that, if you're, you know, when you're going into a guideline group, rule number one is drop your ego at the door and get ready to have your, your whatever data you're trying to present ripped to shreds uh, if there are any weaknesses. And the, the weakness would be, well, you can't say that 
If you don't do it as a randomized prospective means, you know, take 2,000 people here and 2,000 people there, okay? And, you know, this group gets only plants and this people eat whatever the comparator is. And then you follow them for 30 years and see what the difference is. You will never actually be able to convince them. It's, it's not easy. And so we have some short-term, you know, Dean Ornish has done uh, prospective trials. We do have uh, the Leon trial. We have Mediterranean diet and Predimed, you know, and, and the problem with them, you know, Predimed is accepted now in the United States as the number one diet that came out a couple of weeks ago. But the problem is that it really hasn't lowered mortality. And that's not recognized. People don't realize that when they see that graph uh, where it was heart attack, stroke, and death put together, yes, there was a 30% decrease, but it wasn't heart attack and it wasn't death. It was mostly stroke. Um, so we need more of the predimate type trials, but we need to make them plant-based and have whatever the comparator be. You would do that comparator and do them well and do them long-term. And yeah, it would be very expensive to do the training that it takes, sending people food, which it's not easy to do those kinds of uh, prospective intervention trials. Now, let me go back to why my colleagues on the guideline group discount the uh, observational series. They will tell you that vegans are different, that they behave differently. They are going to wear a seatbelt. They're going to probably not go and do knife and bottle fights on a Saturday night on the south side of Chicago. They are going to behave differently. The other point they make is that vegans tend to have higher IQs. Higher IQ tends to translate to more health literacy. So they're going to probably do more prevention of all, a variety of illnesses, not just heart disease. And the higher IQ, higher education level with uh, people who are plant-based, that also goes along with having more access to healthcare and more, more better finances. So, it's, uh, I, so I understand the U.S. government guidelines, which are put out every five years by the USDA, Department of Agriculture, and the Health and Human Services, and they sort of alternate every five years about who, they're both involved, but one of them takes the lead. The 2015 one became a big area of controversy. They said some very progressive things and then some things that we did not agree with. The progressive things were that Americans were eating too much protein, particularly men, and that red meat should be limited, and that sugar-sweetened beverages should be limited. And those were really very progressive. The one that wasn't informed well enough was saying that cholesterol was not a nutrient of concern and that the previous 300 milligram limit per day should just be removed. That was really not evidence-based, and it was sort of shocking to A, C, it, and B, say that it was our American College of Cardiology literature that was telling them to do that, which was not the case. That was not what ours. So we did have a series of meetings with them, and we got that part removed. The final document, which unfortunately most people do not understand because you never take back the bad headline. You never get it out of people's. There are people will still today, five years later, say that we removed the 300 milligram limit. But the final document does say, which was an Institute of Medicine quote that uh, our group, including Neil Barnard, gave to them in a meeting. That is, people should eat as little cholesterol as possible, which of course is zero in the context of a healthy diet. There's a line in those guidelines that tells people that they should be a vegetarian. Uh, there also is a big vegetarian section, but that particular line, eat as little cholesterol as possible, that's saying being a vegetarian. Every time I see a patient who's got one of those blocked arteries somewhere, I actually say to them, tell me 
why you're here. I said, well, I had a heart attack. And what's your understanding of what happened to make that heart attack? Well, I had a blocked artery. That's right. And so when the artery got blocked, what was it blocked with? Um, Plaque? That's right. And what's plaque made out of? Mm, Cholesterol and fat? That's right. And where did that cholesterol and fat come from? 100% of my patients can answer that question. I ate it, they say. And I said, okay, so we're going to change that. Sure, you got a stent. And sure, we're going to put you on medication appropriate for the stent and medications to protect the heart and lower the cholesterol. But we're not going to eat any more of the cholesterol and fat that puts you here in the first place. And they always say, fine. So until I discovered that a year ago, um, that if I tell the patient to change their diet, they start thinking about all the things they're going to miss. But whereas if they actually walk themselves through the process that got them to see me, they seem to accept it just fine. They connected the dots, not me just telling them something. It's such an important concept for people to understand that, yes, there's nature and there's nurture. The environment really does play a, a role. And what we eat, how much exercise we're getting, how much air pollution, believe it or not, particulate matters in the air is actually associated with cardiovascular disease. There's so many factors that you actually can control that it it's really does overwhelm for the majority of people. Now, there really are people with mutations of genes that make it very difficult for them to get around developing heart disease. But even in those circumstances, you can delay it. You can treat it. You can recognize how important it is to make sure that this is not overwhelming and causing sudden cardiac death at a young age, and which is really what we'd like to avoid. So I have to tell you, no one likes to hear me talking about my own diet just because if I'm not extraordinarily careful, I lose weight. So my playing weight when I was a professional tennis player was 185 pounds. And in the depths of trying to organize myself, I got down to about 155 pounds. I've gained probably, hopefully, with really focusing on it in Australia for the last five days, hopefully I've gotten back to maybe 165. I want to be 175. Well, how do I, ha- how do, I do that? So what may be yellow light for some people, which are dense grains, nuts, beans, those are things that I should be eating more of. And any vegan athlete needs to be eating more of that. The green light stuff, which is fresh fruits and vegetables, those are always going to be there. And if I'm eating mostly those, I should be eating eight times a day. (laughs) Okay. So so the vegan athlete is a completely different animal. And uh, I know Novak Djokovic and the Game Changers, which I was you know, pleased to be a part of. And Djokovic talking about how, how did he outlast Federer for all those many hours at the finals of Wimbledon? This is this plant-based diet. He wasn't tired. And so that is, that's part of what you go through. But, but if you're not eating enough of the calorie-dense items, you really can lose more weight than you want to. I don't think my, my patients hate me talking about that <laughs> because they're all struggling to lose weight. And I'm saying, so, you know, make sure that you're eating more on the, the fresh fruits and vegetable size and leave just one or two servings of the dense grains. So if I, if I had to make a big difference, I probably, you know, looking at all of the literature that's happened in the last five years, I'm not sure that I would go after red meat first. I would go after processed red meat for sure. Sugar-sweetened beverages, refined carbohydrates. They have to be lumped in with processed red meat and then red meat and then eggs. If you take all of those things, which people do, by the way, 
what I just said was actually in one of those breakfast things that you get at a fast food restaurant. Every single one of them. And if you were to remove all of those, then cardiovascular health of the population would dramatically improve. There we go. Wise words indeed from a legend of cardiology, Dr. Kim Williams. Sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start when you hear this information for the first time. If that's you, I strongly recommend thinking about one meal or perhaps a simple substitute. It might be that you start incorporating a bowl of oatmeal into your routine as your breakfast to start your day. Or it may be you think the easiest entry point for you is swapping red meat for legumes. Continuing to make whatever meals you would usually have with red meat, but just swapping the meat for black beans, kidney beans, chickpeas, lentils, tofu, or tempeh, etc. Whatever the entry point is for you, the key is just starting. Getting through that first bit of friction is the hardest part. That's my two cents for anyone who's looking to get started with this plant-based stuff. And if you are looking for recipe ideas, head to plantproof.com and grab my complimentary two-week meal plan. I'm positive there will be a few recipes in there that will help you add more plants to your week. All right, we did it. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you all of you and look forward to doing it all again in a few days time until then remember more plants my friends more plants